Hey everybody, welcome to our next episode of Two Dads, One Car. I'm so excited to have our very next guest with me. His name's Alex Chang. He's someone I got to know in the last few years because we're both part of this board where we advocate for equity, justice, and opportunity for Asian Canadian legal professionals and the broader community. Yes, he's also a lawyer as well. I know two very exciting dads in the car. But we're going to jump into some really interesting topics, I think, uh, on raising an uh, interracial baby and try to understand a little bit more about culture and that aspect of it. So stay tuned. He's just around the corner and we're going to go pick him up right now. I recently discovered the concept of a push present, which seems like a marketing ploy to get dads to spend lots of money. But if you're looking to get something nice for your partner and support a local business, I highly recommend that you check out Buy Laura Jewelry. It is 100% local and it's run by an amazing friend of mine, Laura. For our listeners, Buy Laura is offering a 30% discount code off anything on their website. Again, it's 30% off. Use the promo code 2DADS1CAR at checkout. Again, the promo code is 2DADS1CAR. All right, let's get back to the show. You got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> you figured this, it this, out. This time, yeah. <laughs> you figured it out. Yeah, well, you know, broken clock is works at least twice a day. <laughs> Well, welcome to the video series podcast. I'm so grateful that you decided to say, I'll do it. Yeah, no worries, Stephen. <laughs> sure, being, maybe just for the audience, because we've known each other for a few years and I've given a brief intro, but maybe you could tell the audience about who you are and the number of kids you have and maybe your fatherhood history to, the, to this point. Fatherhood history? It's <laughs> a short history. Uh, so I'm Alex Chang. I'm a... Uh, strata construction and tenancy lawyer here in vancouver um steven's just picking me up from my home in yelltown uh where i live in Estrada. <laughs> and uh yeah my fatherhood history uh, my son uh was six weeks as of last thursday seven weeks this thursday um my son jin james chang and that's basically the sum the last seven weeks are the sum total of my uh fatherhood history unless you want to count like prenatal prep and that sort of thing so it's a yeah. short, short history <laughs> no this is great i mean the point of the, the show is to capture dads on different stages of the journey whether it's a brand new dad like yourself those who've been around for a while and those who are dads to be so mm-hmm. it's been uh, that's that, it's great to hear that and that perspective how's your dad to be <laughs> it's a uh, journey going it's uh it's starting starting now <laughs> so, okay this, most people do like buy a book or uh you know do a prenatal class you've decided to like you know pick up all your friends and cars and talk to them <laughs> that's exactly it this is very like self-interested yeah very uh <laughs> well i mean part uh, of... <laughs> very steven s maybe yeah it is it's a very steven way of going about it, i gotta say <laughs> Well, I think yeah, part of very it is specific to you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I'm thinking about back in the history, right? Before, before the internet, before books, we would learn from friends and from family and from the community. Uh-huh. My dad's in Toronto, so he gave a whole dump of knowledge when I was there in June, but it's a lot. <laughs> like, right, right, right. And he was very philosophical. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's great, dad. But like, tell me like the internet. <laughs> oh yeah. 
What was like the what was the best gem of wisdom that he gave you? Oh, the best. So my dad is a he loves reading books and he's very much into Buddhist philosophy. So he talks about yin and yang and planting the seed and growing the tree, like very esoteric, like bigger picture things. That's great, dad. But I mean, it's great to know that. But I think there's probably a little bit more to to that aspect of it. I'm excited to have you you on the show because you're the first lawyer on the show. And I guess two lawyer dads are probably the most exciting dads out there or the most boring. Uh, either I, I'm going I'm, I'm to go with the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess like for you, I have know you, you ever, have yeah. you ever like wondered what it's like for like a non-lawyer to listen to two lawyers talk? My God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost the audience already with the word strata and governance and like <laughs> over the head. Exactly. I guess the one thing I, I want to touch upon in the very beginning is that I, I know you just came off parental leave. Like, mm-hmm. What's this second week transition been? It's been hard. I mean, it's hard because, uh, I mean, luckily I, I'm still working from home mostly. Um... You know, but the hours don't go, you know, that I need to work don't go away. So that's less time spending with him. And it's, you know, it's hard to go from, you know, we're uh, looking after someone and uh, 24-7 to, you know, all of a sudden your day is much more split. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to mention the mountain of work that I had to come back to after four weeks off. Four weeks off was like the longest um time off from work that I've ever taken since being called. So I think the longest vacation before that was three weeks uh, from my honeymoon. And uh, not that my wife should take that personally. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, and I probably checked my work email a little bit more often than I did during my parental leave. Absolutely. I, I think it, it really dives into those who are in really high stress professions. Like many, like there's those who are consultants and business who run their own business and law as well, trying to like figure out this so quote unquote balance. You seem to be alive and well, you know, you're going on runs and you, you have a. I try. You're awake. <laughs> I, I'm awake. Yeah. Well, we'll you get know, some coffee. this is, yeah. I mean, this is something you'll learn, Stephen, is that you're awake a lot when you're. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every few hours, in fact, <laughs> you're awake. <laughs> you know, there's hours of the day that you're going to become intimately familiar with that you weren't previously. <laughs> oh, good times. We'll do another recording a month from now and see how yeah. I'm standing up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I some I, I sort of wonder if there's going to be a lull in episodes for a period of time after your kid arrives. They're probably, that's why I've been trying to cram them all in just before the kid arrives at yeah. season one. Fair enough. We spoke about, I think when we last met at, the, at my barbecue a couple of weeks back, about advocating for parental leave. And I know in some professions, whether it's banking or legal, it's a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping the culture is shifting. And I see it shifting, at least on the tech side, in the last two years, where it's much more acceptable mm-hmm. to take parental leave. What was that journey like for you? And how did you how did you do it? Um, well, I guess I was pretty lucky because, um, you know, through um, FACL, um, you know, I knew quite a few people that had taken parental leave and they had informed me over the years through um, some of the uh, events that we had put on and I had a hand in organizing um, what the standard 
uh, what standard leaves were at the big firms, how there is basically no standard leave for like the smaller and mid-sized firms. Luckily, you know, where I work, I work at a, you know, mid-sized firm where about 14 lawyers, there's four partners, they're all uh, dads who didn't really take parental leave, uh, any parental leave to speak of, but um, I think are sympathetic to those that, that want to. And um, they've been kind of developing those policies over the last couple of uh, uh, maternity and parental leave requests. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're sort of mindful about like associate retention. So, I mean, I was lucky. I got exactly what I wanted in terms of uh, you know, parental leave. I wanted four weeks at, at either end. And I said, how I, you know, have, I said, how many of those days are going to be for leave and how many of them are I'm just going to use my vacation time for it. And uh, they were very generous about it, so I, I got nothing bad to say about it. But you know what I've kind of learned is that it, you know, if you're asking about the legal profession generally, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's really a mixed bag. I mean, there's no requirement to you know they they can't they generally won't uh, they'll follow the Employment Standard Act of whatever province they're in. They generally won't fire you for wanting to take parental leave. Your job will be there. You'll get your EI, but some places they won't, uh, they won't give you any benefits at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so you might be going from making a very healthy lawyer salary to making whatever EI tops out at, which is not that great oh, no. by comparison, you know, but my sense is that it's getting more and more generous, mm -hmm. um, you know, every few years, right? Because people are pushing, people are pushing for it. Um, and yeah, and hopefully, um, yeah, more people will be pushing like the smaller and mid-sized players to also be a bit more generous, you know, cause for them it's, you know, it's really like shop to shop. You don't, you don't know what they're going to do. I fully appreciate it's only been six weeks, but has there been something that surprised you so far? I mean, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think that, uh. Oh. What would you like? Uh, Americano. Uh, two Americanos, please. Two tall. Two tall Americanos. Any kumos or sugar kumos? Uh, none for me. No. Okay, no, black, please. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I always <laughs> say black like my lawyer's heart. <laughs> I uh, had black coffee with my cousin, and he's like, man, you're a true lawyer having black coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just poking fun at us. <laughs> Cute. 683. Jin has taught me a whole new level of tired in my life. <laughs> By the way, I love the name Jin. Well, we wanted, yeah. I mean, we had a few goals with naming him, right? Yeah. Uh, one was um, we wanted, you know, we, we decided kind of early on. We had a couple of, like, you know, um, European and Anglo names, like, that we thought of. But we kind of were gravitating towards giving him a, uh, a Japanese name. To, as a nod to uh, Carly's family, uh, but we wanted we had a few goals. One was is that we wanted it to have um, Japanese names often have meaning, mm -hmm. so we wanted to give it a meaning that we liked, and we wanted uh, him to be kind of a sensitive, sympathetic person. So we wanted a name that uh, sort of conveyed that, 
and we also wanted to give him a name that was maybe like not too many syllables phonetically spelled, phonetically pronounced, so that he's not going through the burden of constantly having to correct teachers, employers, whoever he meets every single day. No, 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 no. It's actually pronounced like this, right? Which, because that can be, you know, just annoying, you know, and who wants to put that, you know, put that annoyance on someone for the rest of their lives? I mean, you and Carly are very culturally aware parents. I mean, maybe you could speak to the audience about your background, also her background, and also how has your background influenced uh, your, like, being a father? Carly and I are both um, from Toronto. We both were born and grew up in Toronto. Um, her, Carly's, uh, we're both uh, mixed race. Uh, Carly's half uh, Eastern European, half Japanese. That, um, but she was being, she was raised uh, primarily by her mother, single mother um, from the Japanese side. Uh, her family's been here for about four four generations. I think her, her grandmother was born actually born in BC, um, but left. Uh, the family went to Ontario after uh, all the Japanese in BC were interned because a lot of them were. Uh, after the war, they weren't allowed to go return to the coast for several years, which is another something a lot of people forget. Yeah. Um, and so they ended up in Toronto. And on my side, uh, my dad is uh, Chinese. He immigrated here uh, from um, Hong Kong via Australia. Um, my mom is her family has been in Canada, I think the longest back is maybe six generations. So mm -hmm. she's like English, Scottish, Irish. Um, so that's, that's her side. So yeah, we both kind of grew up mixed race in Toronto, half Asian, half European. So, Do you Jin, think so Jin's a smorgasbord. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Definitely like the smorgasbord. What are your thoughts on, you know, whether that would influence his upbringing or the way you're going to raise I think my parents once told me that they were worried that like, you know, uh, me and my sister would be, you know, discriminated against by both like Chinese people and white people. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, it's not like there, there was like, I guess a little bit of that growing up, but you know, it's Toronto's a pretty multicultural place. So it's never, I can't say that it was like the worst, <laughs> right. You know, I think when you're mixed, you don't, you have, you know, your experience is your experience. I can't really speak to like, you know, what, how my experience is going to be different from someone that is, you know, also born in Canada and fully ethnically Chinese. But, you know, you do, I guess, feel like you're somewhat a part of, you know, that culture, but you're also something that's like, you know, some, somewhat apart from it as well. Like when I was a kid, if you grow, you know, because there was a lot of like Chinese immigrants, for example, like in my high school, right? So some of them would make a point of kind of saying, well, I think you're Chinese, but you're kind of like not exactly Chinese, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, you, and there'd be sort of a similar se sentiment amongst like a lot of the white kids as well, right? You know, and you're, you know, you're like kind of, you're not white, you know, you're not visibly white, first of all. And I guess, you know, and you're, and uh, you have like this other, you know, this otherness about you <laughs> at the same time. So... It's, uh, so I imagine there'll be like a little, you know, 
maybe maybe there will be a little bit of that, but I don't know. And may like it seems like kids these days are better <laughs> about that sort of thing too. Yeah, I'm hopeful, right? I mean, and just for the, the audience background, both, both Alex and I are on the Federation of Asian Canadian Lawyers, and we're very much attuned to really advocating for equity, justice, and opportunity for Asian Canadian legal professionals and the broader community. And this this past year has really opened up our eyes to to the, the deep extent of systemic racism, discrimination, that, mm-hmm. um, that's in society beyond within the legal profession, but even beyond and you gave a really touching speech, actually, at the AGM in July mm-hmm. about how you're hopeful that when Jin grows up, it'll be a different environment. Building about what are your, I guess, dreams and aspirations on that sense when it comes to culture down the road for him when he's in, in our stages in the career? I mean, hopefully, if he ever does have to interact with the, you know, the legal system or um, if he decides to make the dubious choice of becoming a lawyer himself. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, he'll find senior, you know, he'll find more senior members of the bar that, uh, um, that sort of reflect him a little, you know, a little bit more, more closely. Right. I had a senior lawyer once tell me that, uh, that I didn't look really look like a litigator and I didn't really know what the hell he meant at the time. Right. But, uh, and there is, there, I guess there are fewer litigators, uh, that are, you know, East Asian or Asian in general, but, uh, in, in BC, but, you know, I think that's changing and hopefully, you know, if he does need a litigation lawyer or he becomes one again, that both might be dubious situations to be, <laughs> uh, you know, he'll find people that, uh, that can, that he can, uh, relate to on a, you know, at a, on a cultural level. To build on that, I mean, Alex, you are definitely a trailblazer in the community. Alex chairs our, not chairs, he used to chair, but he now is the VP that oversees our mentorship committee. And it's really to guide law students to enter the profession and help break down barriers and provide that mentorship needed as we go through life. And I'm, to the extent the audience has not escaped this legal talk already, <laughs> you pivot if I can uh, really on the last two topics here. You mentioned there's probably hasn't been any unspoken truths, but has there been any, like, what's been the biggest, sh- aside from sleep, what's <laughs> been the other biggest shift, like, between you and Carly, let's say? I don't think that there's been, like, a shift with us yet. I think our, you know, our relationship is still very good. You know, I mean, I, um, I think that we're, um, I think we've been kind of trying to deliberately uh, paying attention to each other and being conscious of that. I had, did, uh, uh, read a book that said that, um, studies have shown that marital satisfaction on average decrease after you have your, um, you know, your first child or any child really, because, you know, essentially, you know, all of a sudden there's another human being, you have less time for each other. You know, bad habits can form also because the dynamic of the relationship can change. And we've been sort of being conscious of um, just trying to avoid that as, as well. Um, and so far, things are going good. So I can't, I really can't complain. And just to distill what you just said there, Alex, it sounds like it really comes from a place of intention and awareness that this is something that the research says let's be intentional about our interactions with each other. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, according to uh, the, I mean, the book is Emily Ulster's crib sheet. It's very like you know data based, which I like. And she said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's just a high rate of that. And it's, you know, it makes sense. You know, you don't have, like, you don't have as much time for your partner anymore. Um, uh, and really there's only two things that tend to mitigate it. One is that you have a relatively high, uh, you know, marital satisfaction before you have a kid, <laughs> right? So, you know, if you think that the kid's going to save the marriage, <laughs> apparently, you know, we're all correct that that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, you know, they, they, you know, she suggested, uh, like, you know, couples counseling can also, can also help. So, um, you know, so those are really the only two things, right? And, uh, you know, and, but I think like, you know, also just being aware and conscientious of your partner being into, you know, having, you know, being mindful that I guess that your relationship with your partner is something that needs uh, paying attention to as well. Alex, those last five minutes was the gem of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm just going to go and buy roses after this. <laughs> huh? I'm just going to buy some yeah. roses after this. Yeah, just... <laughs> I know. You know. <laughs> Here you go, yeah. Michelle. Like, yeah, you're, so sweet. All you're, of a you're, you're you're welcome, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could be a you know a good influence on Stephen here. <laughs> I mean, speaking of roses, we'll head over to Small Victory to grab a copy for Carly. But Great. you know, very last question. <laughs> now she owes you a thing. <laughs> of course. Uh, very last question. End it off. Is if there was something that you would write to yourself right before Jin came into life. What would that be if you were to write like a note to yourself? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for. Well, I mean, <sighs> um, you love these questions, I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah. I mean, you don't really like you know. So. Um, like advice or like what you you know just or just a note for yourself yeah i mean i think yeah actually you know because i didn't really know what it was gonna be like to like hold my son for the first time and like the you know the feeling is not really like any other uh feeling uh that i've had in my life i can't really describe it like you know people describe it as like you know uh, love and whatnot but it's not really like the same like feeling of love that you have for anybody else you've ever met mm -hmm. right it's a very different thing and you know it's not really uh something that i could have prepared for so i think i would just tell myself yeah you don't you don't really know what you're in for <laughs> you might you have you have something of a notion but, but you you know but uh but you don't really i love it but love it'll it. but it'll be good you'll be fine <laughs> I'll be like, you don't know what you're in for, but you'll be fine. <laughs> you don't know what you're in for, but you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, Alex, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I learned a ton, and I'm sure Michelle, thank you very much, because I'm going to grab a croissant as well for her uh, at Small Victory. But uh, for that's those who are listening... That's better than flowers. Probably better. <laughs> yeah. I think better than flowers for sure. Uh, so for those who are listening, thank you for joining us today. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, keep watching because uh, I love doing this. I'm learning a ton. I hope you are as well. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.